Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. All right, this is Jonathan Flax, and we are here. Here we are with Declan Daly, founder of the Boring Group and a veteran executive search professional, good friend of mine, expert networker, really generous guy, brilliant marketing mind, smart person, friend. Did I say friend twice? It's okay if I said friend twice because I really do consider you a friend. Uh, but most importantly, a real expert in placing people and finding out what recruiters are looking for, what companies are looking for, uh, particularly in the uh, enterprise sale and tech business. Um, Declan, welcome. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for the kind words, making me blush. Awesome. So um, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and my goal is in these next 20 minutes, we're going to really provide you with an opportunity to express, and person watching or listening, some really important insights that will help them with their career transition. So I'm going to start though with you. Like, tell us about your your business and your overall philosophy on recruiting. Uh, so the Bedorn Group specialize in finding revenue-centric talent for basically the tech space, cloud, cybersecurity, software as a service. And uh, prior to that, I was a member of a firm. We did a little bit of everything. And uh, just mostly, I guess, my overall philosophy is I just play professional matchmaker, essentially. It's rewarding work in that I help my candidates find an ideal career situation for themselves. And I also help my clients find the talent that's going to help them really achieve their goals and take their company to the next level. Great. Uh, you've done a lot of work in this space and you've got a track record. What, like, how do you want to be regarded by hiring managers at companies? What's important for them to know about you in terms of your specialty or anything you want hiring managers to know about you? That I'm a trusted advisor. I don't really, I look at it more of not a, a vendor client relationship, but more of a, a partnership where I want to know that instead of me sitting across from the table from the people I work with, I'm on the same side. And uh, I essentially just want to make sure that uh, I mean, I know a lot of recruiters sometimes are known for being transactional, being short-sighted. I like to really play the long game uh, where I know many recruiters can just be seen as resume pushers, just hoping they submit resumes that they get lucky enough, you know, the old spray and pray model. But I really want to get in depth, find out a lot more about what your hiring criteria is, what a cultural fit would be, and then connect the dots between uh, you know, your value proposition and the right candidate out there instead of just looking for, hey, let me just get lucky. I'd rather give you people that I think are going to be right, that are interview ready and know exactly what you do and what they bring to the table rather than just cementing you candidates that look like they might be, uh, have a have a chance. So mm. does that make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I've seen you in action, uh, in our interactions with other professionals. And that saves them time. That's the key thing. It's really pinpoints. It's a, a pinpoint rather than a spray and pray model. It's really great, Declan. What do you want to be known for amongst candidates? Uh, that's a great question. Kind of much the same that I'm a trusted advisor. I'm not necessarily that I have their best interest in mind and I want to make sure that 
I'm putting them in positions that will be a nice step to their career. Also want to know, I want to sleep at night knowing that I'm putting in the right position. Where I differentiate myself, I, at the end of the call, which surprised a lot of candidates, I just say, hey, use me as a resource. Even if you're finding an opportunity through another recruiter, feel free to give me a call. If something doesn't sound right, I'll be sure to answer the best of my ability or use my network to find out who uh, can answer the questions that they might have. You know, I like to give them tools and give them all the relevant information so that they can make the best decision for them. What they might be surprised is I've actually talked some candidates out of taking jobs uh, where even that would have cost me fee, but just through troubleshooting, maybe playing devil's advocate, we kind of find that maybe it might not be the right fit for them. So I want to do what's right by them because uh, I plan to be in this business for a long time. I want to be able to place them a few times and direct them in the right place through their career for years to come. It's really great. It's rare. You're a rare find, Declan. Uh, we'll ask you some more questions, but just in case someone's got to rush off, what's a good way for them to reach you? You can just go to my website uh, or email me directly. That's uh, my first name and last name. So it's uh, D as in Declan, my last name daily, four letters, D-A-L-Y, and that's at Bundoran Group, and that's uh, B as in boy. Okay, got it. And we'll put that in the description. So anyone watching and listening now, you can find how to reach Declan in the description of this podcast episode. Great. All right. Now some fun questions, but really interesting, uh, important things to look at. What are some surprisingly stupid things you've seen intelligent people do, either on the interviewer side? Let's start with that. But, you know, some of the can't make this stuff up kind of stories. Yeah, probably my favorite one. Uh, I had a candidate that was in the final stages, actually got an offer or was about to get an offer. And when they're about to get an offer, they said, well, you know, any last second questions for us about uh, onboarding here and uh, what your first few days might look like, uh, feel free. And uh, he said, yeah, like, you know, I, I saw some really attractive women in the office. What's your um, policy on in-office romance? Offer pulled wow. uh, instantly. So I was just... Uh, a very smart candidate in lots of other regards, but absolutely no wherewithal. So that's one that really caught me off guard. It's not one that I would think that I'd have to prep someone not to ask. So that was uh, an unpleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. I mean, maybe 40 years ago, that would be appropriate, but not today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that they're probably back in the days of Mad Men or whatever. And who knows, there probably would have been a bar cart in the background and probably having that discussion over scotch. But yeah, just uh, yeah. Not a smart move. Yeah, thankfully we're growing out of that. Yeah. Um, uh, any uh, surprisingly or even common things that are out of the ordinary that candidates should watch out for that an that a interviewer or hiring party might do? And sometimes they're not really very well prepared for the interview themselves. Oh, I'm actually really surprised at just how little acumen some of these executives have on doing interviews. Uh, so basically, I, I'm just saying that a lot of smart executives don't know some of the common sense and some of the common knowledge that it takes to interview, um, that they should actually keep the interview just about the actual job description and the job duties itself. And you can't really win. Sometimes, you know, they want to build rapport. You're really playing with fire when you start asking some personal questions. So here in New York and a lot of states and municipalities going forward that have the salary history ban, they should know not to ask what they're making. Uh, they should ask what their salary expectations are. 
Nice. That's first and foremost. That is starting to take over all over the country. But if you're in one of those jurisdictions, you should do that. Also, I have, uh, I hate to say, like, you know, I've had clients or known of clients that I've luckily talked them out of that, asking people about their personal life and asking, was like, hey, are you married? Do you have a significant other? Are you dating someone? You're just asking for a lawsuit. Um, asking is like, hey, do you plan on having a family sometime soon? Sometimes uh, that is a massive no-no. Sometimes you might be trying to build rapport and might not be might be thinking differently, but a horrible question to ask because those are essentially opening you up to discriminatory hiring practices. So just lay off those absolutely and just ask what the questions are. Avoid the niceties. Not saying it's not good to build rapport, but um, be careful about some of those pitfall questions and no interview one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to offer an interview question in the rapport building category of what's something personal you'd like to share about yourself? Is there something appropriate you'd like to share about yourself? That gives the candidate or the interviewer an opportunity to answer or not. Um, but I will agree with you to stick with the business at hand. And if a candidate hears that kind of question, how do they navigate that? Particularly the interview compensation, the salary ban history question. I mean, I, I've had candidates that just flat out called them out on that and just said, hey, you're not supposed to answer that question. And uh, just try to steer it to back to the professional. And maybe, I mean, go with the flow. But uh, if they're doing something wrong, they should bring it up to them and say, hey, you kind of subtly kind of go back to uh, something about the job. Or if it's really makes you uncomfortable, if you, you have to address it, just say, hey, you know, that question is not legal. Yeah. If a candidate doesn't want to bring up the legality, can they simply say, when asked, what were you making? Can they say, well, I'd rather just tell you about my salary expectations and what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'll probably kind of revert to that. And then if they press, maybe then you bring up, I mean, I guess one, you're going to pigeonhole yourself. You can potentially lose yourself some money as well. And then if they really push, just remind them about the situation and the law. Mm. Uh, I had not another candidate, but another recruiter that I work closely with told me about something and they're so grateful. They didn't actually know about the new uh, questions and they just were so thankful for the candidate for bringing that to their attention. Mm. Yeah. All right, cool. What are some challenges you think candidates should be better prepared for in addition to what we've talked about so far? Well, I mean, once, uh, well, you know, once obviously what you do having the right resume, that's going to give their unique value proposition to get them in the door. Uh, and then, some challenges, but there's ways to go about it, is just doing the interview prep, uh, even taking 15 minutes, maybe just studying about the company, uh, not just on what you find out on LinkedIn, Google them, go in two or three pages deep, find out a little bit more, and also check out the LinkedIn profile of the people you're going to be interviewing with. You might find some common ground, um, ask them questions about them, and just, just go in there prepared, knowing more about the company. I think it gives you this edge, knowing that you've done some in-depth uh, research and I'm not even talking, I mean, even 15 minutes of really devoted research will probably make you a lot more comfortable going in there and figuring out what it is that um, you're getting into and what you can bring to the table. Great. All right. Those are really important views. And we get into that a little bit in my programs. I have, uh, I'll take a moment for the viewer watching that wants to get uh, deeper into your own resume. As Declan said, the resume is real important to get in the door. And we have a tool called your one and only resume. Fast Masterclass, and the digit one 
on the words andonlyresume.com. If you go to oneandonlyresume.com, uh, we'll give you access to this Fast Master class. And if you do some of the things we guide you to, we can help you finish up and polish up a resume that'll really help you stand out. My team of resume designers, we craft resumes. We're here to help you for, with that. And then as far as that, some of those interview questions where you can really stand out at the beginning, we, we have some other uh, trainings and webinars uh, that you can access after you reach out to us. So my contact information is also in the description here. And uh, both Declan and I are here to serve. All right, I got a few more questions, uh, Declan. Um, what are some surprisingly effective things you've seen candidates do to get hired or to get your attention? So again, you can't make this stuff up. Someone just did something really surprising, someone you remember who really impressed you. What's something that our viewer can take away, a listener can take away as an exciting example of great behavior? I can't believe I have to say this because it's something that used to be a no-brainer, but now not so much, but a thank you email mm -hmm. or, or a written thank you note. Um, bringing in thank you notes, if it's an in-person, to write, and you can leave them with the receptionist after. That's a really nice touch. Mm. But to me, I'm surprised that the thank you email or the thank you note has become a lost practice. Mm. Uh, I've lost candidates for not doing that, for not doing a thank you email or a thank you note. And it's something when I prepped people, I didn't think I had to tell them that. But to go an extra step outside, the thank you email should be a bare minimum. But a nice touch is have thank you notes on you. And then after the interview, just go into the lobby, write a thank you note, and leave it with the receptionist for them. It's a really great touch. That's, um, a, that's a great touch and a great strategy in a world where people have gotten so used to emails. And so filling out a, finding a card, filling out a card, putting on the right address, finding a stamp, all that stuff. People are, have found themselves a bit too busy to do that. So your suggestion is an excellent one, Declan. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you recommend candidates do to keep your attention? You know, keep you as a search professional happy to keep them in mind for companies. Yeah, I just say, uh, if I if I spent my time following up with people to say, hey, this is what's going on, I would have no time to actually find you, um, jobs. So I tell people, it's like, feel free to reach out to me, stalk me. There's no such thing as stalking me. Shoot me an email. Keep me abreast of your situation. Keep me updated as much as I'm keeping you updated. Let me know the companies you're going for and keep me abreast of what's going on. If you change your resume, send it out to me. So just stay out in front of me. But I'd say check in with me once a week. Tell me how your search is going. If you're changing anything, oftentimes people change what they're looking for, but they don't tell me. I find, end up getting you a job, what exactly what you want to look for. But then all of a sudden you're in the job market for a bit and you decide you want to do something else. But you're just going to assume that I realized that you made a change. Just, you know, keep in touch. Check in with me once a week and let me know how it's going. That's really great. It's very generous of spirit as, as usual with you, Declan. But what about the candidate who does that with a recruiter and they don't hear anything back? I mean, you as a recruiter said, you're really, you're focused on getting job openings, finding out where the listings are, where the opportunities are, making the matches. So following up with everyone could be too time consuming for a person like you. That's what I try to tell candidates you know you got to do something special if you want to keep the person's attention and um don't take it personally if not but what do you recommend a candidate do if they're not hearing back from a recruiter i remember you a lot more when i have a detailed idea of what you're looking for have 
an idea for the types of companies you're looking for, what your salary expectations are, uh, what you're looking for in company culture. So usually the more focus you have on the front end, when we talk on the front end, I know what to keep my eyes and ears open for. If you're like, hey, I'm just looking out of here and this is my salary expectations. It's like, what kind of company? I'm open to anything. Great. You would think that it would probably make us want to, well, they'll do almost anything. It actually Obviously. just, it, it does the opposite. Now I'm like, I really don't know what you want. So the more focus and detailed you can get from the get-go, and you kind of know, it's like, hey, I've been doing some research. What I'd really like is to check into this, then definitely let me know and mm. email me as it comes and keep me abreast of any changes or focus that you've been doing in your own job search because then I can then recalibrate here accordingly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine if a candidate does that with you, that focus is going to be useful to them in all of their networking, all the conversations we have with everyone. Completely agree, yeah. All right, very good. Um, all right, one or two more professional questions, maybe a couple of personal questions. Uh, nothing to get you in trouble. But what drives you crazy and pisses you off? Uh, what side? Uh, open, open hunting season on that. Uh, the candidates, I, I mean, on the client side, candidates usually in general, they're really great. Um, just basically people not getting back when I, like, uh, when I submit great candidates, especially that are ideally for what they're looking for, sometimes clients think that they're recruiting in a vacuum and they have time and you don't. Mm. And then all of a sudden they'll get, get back to me two weeks later after I give them a candidate. They're like, yeah, I think they're perfect. We'd like to make an offer or we'd like to have them come in. It's like, it's too late. They've already, their third day in, the, in their new job. So just be prompt. Just realize you're not recruiting in a vacuum. Uh, there is competition. If someone is interviewing for you, chances are even as a passive candidate, I kind of lit a fire. They're looking around elsewhere. You don't have time. Um, I use it as like a, a pressure tactic, but I'm like, if you like someone, move and move quickly or as quickly as possible. Don't assume that they're going to be there when you're ready because they won't be. So um, that's really uh, important for people to know the straight up an you know, answer to that on the, on the hiring party side. Um, so two weeks is certainly too late. And yeah. certainly hearing from someone the same day would be great. So just so we're really clear, because as soon as possible, it's too open to interpretation in my world. <laughs> I say, yeah, it's a good question. I tell people, I say it's usually 48 to 72 hours before the, the pixie dust starts wearing off. Yeah. I've had people that get really excited for an opportunity, then they don't hear back. And then I, I tell my clients uh, all the time, I go, I see all the time, excitement quickly turns into resentment. They'll yeah. be excited for your opportunity. And then all of a sudden, three days goes on, four days. Not only do they love you and they would have taken a bullet for you and spent the rest of their life with you, and then after they're like, you know what, they can't even get back to me. Uh, I'm not so into them. Not only are they cooling on it, but they actually start turning against you. It's really, really bad for your employer brand. That's a very powerful statement. And I could imagine it as a, as a candidate. Anyone could imagine. As a candidate, if a recruiter submits a resume and tells you so on a Monday or a Tuesday, and... Uh, the hiring party can get back within 24 hours. That really says something about their interest in you as a person and their business practices. I can see how three or four days, what does it take to look at a resume, have a short conversation and schedule a time? It shouldn't take that long. So it's a very powerful statement, Declan, and I appreciate you sharing it with uh, both our candidate viewers and um, anyone watching who's a hiring party. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, Declan, what do you do for fun? Tell me a little bit about you. Who are your favorite musical performers or composers or groups? What, tell us about you personally. Yeah, I mean, music-wise, I know a lot of people say it. I like a little bit of everything. Uh, I mean, my parents are from Ireland, so I kind of grew up with traditional Irish music. Uh, big into uh, my mom was a big country fan, so I grew up. I was into Johnny Cash before it was a cool thing for like the mainstream, cool. uh, like the old school kind of seventies honky tonk country. But then I like everything from like nineties R and B, rap. Uh, I mean, you name it, like jazz. I'm really across the board. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, other than that, I, I'm a big foodie. I like going out, trying in new places, maybe like a good microbrew for fun. I mean, I'm a big sports fan. Always more looking for to watch sports. Long-suffering Mets fan. Huh. Uh, so that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, good. I was just down in Nashville the last couple of days. Uh, so I uh, caught some uh, Irish music, rock music, country music, the Johnny Cash Museum, all there. Yeah. You'll sure, you got it all down there. Trade some, trade some notes next time you go. Um, any philanthropic activities or meaningful causes to you? Like, what would you like your legacy to be? Yeah, I try to. In fact, this is my New Year's resolution. I'm going to try to do more charitable work and donate my time. I mean, getting my business off the ground, I've been pretty pressed for time. But I'm saying to myself, as things open up, I'm, I'm trying to do uh, more philanthropic things. Um, right now that's just like, uh, I'm a sucker. Anyone asking for a, a birthday fundraiser on Facebook, I'm doing, that's like the height of it now, but I've done a lot of work, donated a lot to like St. Jude's in the past and, uh, you know, other causes like that as well. Nice. Nice. Anything else you want, um, a viewer and listener to know about you? No, I mean, that's like, uh, the one thing I say is like, I like being a resource. Um, I'm happy to talk to anybody. I just say, I'll talk to anyone who will talk back. But in general, I say, you know, even though my, what I do is very niche, I, I talk to people all the time, either if you're hiring or looking to be hired, if I can't help you, I know someone who can, for instance, like, you know, even yourself, if I see someone with a resume or just kind of use some guidance along the way, um, I know a little bit about it. Like my knowledge on that is an inch deep but a mile wide, but I can usually send someone like yourself. Or uh, if you've got a very specific type of career path you want to go, I know a lot of great recruiters that I could probably introduce you to yeah. uh, to help you kind of find your ideal position. Okay, so the Bandoran Group is your new brand, but you're in the business five years. You've been in sales and marketing for much longer than that. And more importantly, I think you really have conveyed your philosophy, your commitment, dedication to serving people. And I see how that's been successful for you. Thank you so much for sharing your views with us, Declan. Have an awesome day. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye for now. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Career Transition Experts. Please make sure to listen to our next episode. And if at any time you want a clear view of the entire career transition process and a sense of where your strengths are and where your challenges are to work on, You'll get your free access to my career TPS assessment at careerexcitement.com. That's www.careerexcitement.com. TPS stands for Transition Performance Snapshot. This is Jonathan Flax wishing you outstanding career success and satisfaction in balance. Looking forward. Bye for now.